0: Connor Bernard scores a hat-trick in his first game in a Blackhawks jersey. Adam Fantilli scores a beauty, and we'll look at a bit of predictions for him for this upcoming season, and then we'll end things off with a brand new segment, a brand new recurring series on the show, all coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects.
1: You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week. My name is Hattie Kalakesh. I'm joined by Sebastian High. And we're going to be talking about a bit of uh, preseason action in the NHL. Connor Bedard scored a hat trick in his first game in a Hawks jersey. And every single goal seemed to build off the next in terms of quality. Uh, And then Adam Fantilli, on his own end, scored a beauty for the Columbus Blue Jackets in their their, uh, rookie camp game. Uh, and we'll end things off with a brand new segment that we'll be introducing. That we'll be going through um, through the month of September and a bit into October. Uh, we'll introduce it later on. We won't spoil the punch. Stay until the end. It's worth it, I promise you. Before we get into any of that, just make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform make sure to make us your first lesson of the day leave us a comment in the comment section on youtube or dm us on twitter at lo_nhl uh, nhl lo underscore nhl prospects in order to give us some questions you want us to talk about stuff like that we always leave the best questions for our mailbag segments uh, so make sure to do that now sebastian let's get right into it with who else but Connor bedard to score a hat trick in his first game um I mean, was it going to be any other way with Connor Bedard? Was he not just going to impress everyone from the bat and just kind of quell any doubts? That this could potentially be a point per game player in his first NHL year.
1: I mean, when the competition he's playing against is uh, rookie camp uh, with some yeah. camp invites and a bunch of players that were drafted in the late rounds and very recent drafts, yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think this is about what the expectation was, and uh, he certainly did not disappoint. I mean. It was a gorgeous hat trick. All three goals were stunners and all three goals really showed off why his release is one of the best ones in the world already when he's just barely turned 18 years old. Yeah. Uh, and all, all three of those shots could beat NHL goaltenders. And uh, yeah, he's a very special talent for sure.
0: It's insane to say that, you know, you you watch him in those games, Uh, it, it, you watch him in that game and you could clearly see how he could do exactly what he's doing against better competition. I mean, his first goal was just a patented curl and drag Conor Bedard shot. He, he can move the puck from all the way to his right to right between his feet so quickly and then release it within one motion. It's a shot he's clearly practiced time and time and time again. And you can see the amount of accuracy and power that he generates through that move. Just the ability to shift the point of, of release on a shot—that already takes a lot of skill and is a very, very useful and 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 powerful move when you're, you know, closing in on the net from uh, off the rush. It's very useful to be able to change your point of release really quickly and shoot within one motion. The fluidity with which Connor Bedard pulls off those moves is just ridiculous. And th- this is going to be a very particular and specific question for you, but basically, what? How many goals do you think he's going to score exactly like that? Are we talking 15 or more?
1: This year. Um, ooh, that's a good question. I think 15 is a pretty good ballpark for it. Um, might bump it up to like 17 to 20 range, I think. Yeah. I think he'll get quite a few with that curl and drag this year and if if all else fails with this game, that is the one tool that I don't know if NHL defenses can really stop. And there's, yeah. I, like, he's going to score with that specific tool so frequently. And even in this one rookie camp game, I was seeing him kind of make that Nick Suzuki route on the power play a lot more frequently than he even was last season where he drops back and then uses his momentum of moving forward through the offensive zone to kind of Mm -hmm. open up his options. He keeps the puck in his hit pocket where he can threaten either the curl and drag or a pass to a teammate, keeps his head up, constantly looking for options. And uh, he somehow already looks more adaptable than he was last year, which is... A thing Ridiculous. that he does, yeah, it, like he really doesn't need to improve this facet of the game. It's already yeah. standout elite, and uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think Hawks fans are going to be very excited for Connor Bedard, and already are very excited for Connor Bedard, and you can really see why. Like in this game, in the offensive zone, he was lights out. He was playing with his food, and yeah, uh, you even saw his teammates on the ice laughing when he was. Executing these plays, like Kevin Korczynski yep. was just like giggling when when Bedard scored his hat trick goal, which was quite similar to the first goal and curl
0: and drag from the uh, slot,
1: curl and drag from the slot. And <laughs> uh I mean, yeah, I think if I played with Connor Bedard, I'd also just be laughing because yep. how else can you react to this much skill on display? And yeah, he, he's he's certainly a special talent and the second goal was honestly the nicest of the bunch too. Like the two curling drags were beautiful and he will definitely score double digits of those goals this season in the NHL. Mm-hmm. But it was the second goal where it, <laughs> he was circling around the left side uh, and it, it was a really like off angle shot, but he ripped it far side top corner and mm-hmm. uh the way that he's able to change the angle of release, even when his body position is pretty off for a shot is insane he can shoot from anywhere from any angle with any body position he could probably backhand from around there and get a pretty decent chance of scoring like
0: yeah
1: he's a he he's a very special player and I think rookie camp is uh, a setting where he was really able to display the extent of his talent uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm a bit more curious to see how he fares against professional competition I think that's where we're gonna actually see a little bit more because the competition he was playing against in in these games was basically the rusty version of competition that he plays in junior regularly right so we're going to see in preseason as things start to ramp up and get more physical against some more established players how how he will adapt and how often he's able to generate these same chances for himself Uh, but so far so good for Bedard in the Hawks jersey
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, all three goals in isolation just look fantastic. But for me, it's just the ability to constantly create things on the ice. I mean, it's one thing to be a fantastic scorer. I mean, Cole Caulfield is a fantastic scorer. Austin Matthews is a great scorer. But, you know, a guy like Matthews, what makes him special is that he impacts the game in other ways. And Bedard impacts the game in a lot more ways than you would expect for a guy who's that good at scoring. For a guy who's that good at that one thing. You expect him to stick to his guns, but man, his ability to create off the rush, his ability to play give and go, um, to, to play the small area game, to win puck battles, to get off the boards, to even get involved defensively at times. I mean, it's just you're talking about a player who has so many different facets to his game and one potentially top two, top three in the NHL, maybe even one day top in the NHL quality in the shooting. It's just it's ridiculous. I'm I mean, I'm. I'm salivating at the idea of a Conor Bedard at 24, 25 in his prime. Oh, my goodness. We're going to be looking at a fantastic player in a couple of years, and he's already insane. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, if he stays healthy, if he continues to work on his game and continues to improve the, the small details in order to really round out his game, and also if he gets comfortable, you know, Facing the same level of competition every year, facing the same quality of guys, facing the same top pair of defensemen, he's going to adapt to them because that's what he's always done his whole career is just adapt, 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 and it's just it's going to be very impressive to watch him in a couple of years as he gets um, used to the NHL, which is a funny thing to say. A lot of players can't ever even imagine saying that, that they're going to get used to the NHL. A lot of careers end up uh, end after three, four years. A lot of players play 10, 15 a- a- NHL games and then become perennial AHLers. It's just the the, the gulf in quality between those guys and Connor Bedard. It just it just shows how special of a player we've got on our hands here. So I'm really, really excited um, to see Connor Bedard in the NHL this upcoming season. Um, are we still sticking to our guns and saying above 80 points? I mean, I, I wasn't saying that to begin with. I think... I, mm-hmm. I
1: still, <laughs> Chicago is not going to be a good team this year, and yeah. that will always factor into how a player performs and mm-hmm. produces. I still think he gets into like sixty-five games, maybe puts up like sixty-five to seventy points. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I I, I hope he stays healthy all year, but yeah. it is tougher than ever for an 18-year-old to jump into the NHL, and mm-hmm. I think like in terms of production, we're not really going to, going to see too much of a hiccup for Bedard, but maybe in terms of injuries and overall, just the wear and tear of an 82 game NHL season. I think that's where I'm a little bit more hesitant in terms of him reaching 80 points is mainly due to games played. Uh, But yeah, I think my bet is 70 points and we'll see how many games he plays to get there. But I think 70 is kind of my, my sweet spot prediction.
0: Makes sense for sure. Uh, That wraps up our first segment, and we're going to be moving on to our second segment, and we'll be talking about uh, Adam Fantilli's uh, rookie camp game and how he fared in that game and also predicting kind of what we could expect from him uh, this upcoming season. But before we hop back into it, uh, let's talk about our sponsor for today's episode. It's Jace Medical. Now, Jace Medical uh, offers life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. Um, You can get five different life-saving antibiotics that really help you out in situations where you've got the flu, um, you've got an ill, you've got an infection, that kind of thing. It's fairly useful. Um, all it takes to get a Jace case is just to fill out a quick online form and in some cases just hump on a quick call with uh, one of the board certified f- physicians and you've got your Jace case on the way. Um, really useful, again, when you've got uh, situations where you're caught unprepared, you don't know, um, you can't get to a, uh, a medical center soon enough, that kind of thing. You need, um, you know, your your med- your medicine right away to get started back on work, that kind of stuff. Really useful in those situations. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones when the unexpected hits. Um, they handle everything from online eval to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and everything that's ongoing consultation, ongoing care. Really useful for that. You need a medical note for your for your job, that kind of thing. They can help you out with that. Um, you can save up to three hundred sixty dollars by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus, an additional twenty dollars off at checkout when you use the code Locked On at JaceMedical.com. Again, that's J medical.com. Make sure to check it out. They're really useful, a great sponsor of ours. All right, so moving on to our second segment, uh, we're going to be talking about Adam Fantilli and his rookie camp game. He scored a really beautiful goal, split the defense, went backhand on the netminder, top shelf. It was a great goal, the kind of thing we saw a lot from him in uh, in the University of Michigan. Really, really, really impressive off the rush. Really capable of shifting defenders either way and and cutting through them. And he's so clutch in front of the net. He's really capable of putting away chances that are difficult and that other players can kind of see as blurry. It's very clear in his head what he needs to do. So I'm I'm really interested to seeing what happens with Fantelli this year. First, do you think he's going to see some AHL time? And if he does, what kind of range of games are we talking?
1: I don't know. I think he's going to start out in the in the, in the NHL. I think, mm-hmm. like, m- my sense is that he's going to get get given the chance to play with some high-end, skilled offensive players in the NHL. Like, I'm thinking of players like Kent Johnson, maybe, uh, like, Kira Marchenko in there as well. I think that could be a fun all-offense line. Uh, yep. or he gets straight up a chance with a line A and Goudreau in the first line. That would bump Bo- Boone Jenner down to the second. That would be very exciting to watch. I don't think mm-hmm. the defensive side would be the strongest on that line, but Columbus isn't contending this year. So they don't really need to defend too, too effectively. Uh, I would say, honestly, my guess is that he's given a full-time NHL shot this year. I, I don't mm-hmm. think he gets sent down to the AHL. Um, but I think I'm mainly doing that based on the precedent of the last couple of years. I mean, players like like, like Yuri Slavkovsky just were not sent down to the AHL even when things were not going all that smoothly. Yeah. And I have a sense that that's kind of what's the norm in the NHL right now, especially for those like super highly touted for, like top two, top three picks. Mm-hmm. And Fantilli certainly falls into that category. My sense is that he'll have he should have a decent amount of leeway in terms of trying things and uh, just giving his offense a shot at the mm-hmm. NHL level. Uh, but I think that playing in the AHL would be quite decent for his development if he's given like a, a good like thirty to forty game like stretch playing in the AHL. As long as that, that's communicated to him well, I think it could yeah. be totally fine for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my sense is that he's going to spend the year in the NHL almost completely.
0: I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. Um, do I think it would be useful for his game to play in the AHL, at least probably for the start of the year? I, I, I'd give him a good 20 to 30 games in the AHL just to ease him into the the pro game. I, I mean, he's already playing against really good players in the NCAA. He's already playing against players who are up to 24 years of age. But those players don't have the experience and the, the game management skills that 30-year-olds in the AHL have, or especially, you know, veteran NHLers. I mean, it's, it's a different ball game entirely. And for me, Adam Fantilli is the type of player who doesn't really manage the game as well as, you know, a, a, a more seasoned player like a, a Connor Bedard or, you know, those kinds of players. They have an, an, an ability to do the right things at the right times in the game and, like, manage their load throughout the game so that they reach the end of the third period and they're still going, going ham. They're still, you know going into those boards, winning battles. Um, they're selective a lot more than Fantilli. Fantilli is very chaotic in his game, and that's not to say that he's, he's going to struggle. It's just to say that he might be a better player in the first half of the game than the second. Right? I think that working on understanding when, where, and how to apply himself in the, uh, throughout the game, throughout three periods of NHL hockey or AHL hockey, is something that he will need to develop and adapt to before we see the full-fledged 90 to 100 point Adam Fantilli, it's sure. there are some ways to go, um, but I'm I'm confident that he's at least going to see a good 60 games of NHL action, and it's like you said, it's very probable that that the Blue Gas Blue Jackets go the the Yuriy route and just stick him the NHL full time, um, and it didn't work out to well for Sylkovsky, so I'm a bit concerned, but we'll see how that develops for Fantilli. I'm still fairly confident that at the end of the day, we're looking at a player who's going to develop into a star. either way. I don't think there's really anything stopping him from reaching that potential. And I've said it a lot. I see the floor for Fantilli being a second liner. Um, Do I think that's his floor right now? Do I think that right now he's at least going to be a second liner? Not at all. I think there's a fair chance that he plays better in the bottom six of an NHL lineup because of the reason I just mentioned. He, he, He doesn't load manage as well as a veteran NHLer. But when he learns that, there's no way he, he's anything less than a second liner. I think that's the main thing that's missing from his game. And as soon as that's developed, he's going to be insane. I mean, just his shot, right? I mean, his shot alone is just insane.
1: For sure. Like, who do you think that Pantelli would would play well with in that Columbus lineup, whether it's on a second or a third line? Are there I mean, names that come to mind?
0: I mean, Cole Sillinger could be a good combination for him. I think that Sillinger has a lot more of the east-west finesse game that Fantilli lacks, and I think that combination of skills would work really well together. Um, Sillinger is a very spacey player. He likes to find space in the offensive zone. He likes to park himself in high danger zones and either weave in and out of them to find some space, but he's not really going to chase pucks. He's not going to engage in corners as much as Adam Fantilli, that kind of stuff. He still does it, but I mean, not to a level that you can consider it a regular aspect of his game. And the things that Fantilli lacks are exactly the things that Colson is good at. I mean, the ability to understand spacing, to apply himself sporadically and not always kind of chase plays, um, they're, they're complementary players and what they're good at and what they're bad at. So I think that would be a good combination. It's just a matter of who you put with them, right? I mean, there's going to be some options. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Karol Marchenko. He could be a really good combination with Fantilli, which would bring a bit more of the playmaker side out of Fantilli. Um, For sure. At, at the same time, you could see, you can very well see the blueprint of a Goudreau-Fantilli line-y line down the road. I mean, yeah. it's just, do I think that's the case right now? I don't know. But for me, I'm, I'm thinking of Sillinger and Marchenko as two guys that I could put with him. Ken Johnson is he's a good compliment as well another Michigan boy. They've they've played in the same programs, they've under the same trainers. That could help them a bit, but I don't know. There's just I haven't I have a hunch that that might not work as well as we think it would.
1: They're both very chaotic, and that might not be a positive compliment, right? Like for sure. It, I think it, it could either click and they have the same like wavelength of chaos that they can just fully play their chaotic style to the best of their abilities together, Mm -hmm. or it could be a tire fire. I I think there's there's a very wide range of potential outcomes. If you were to stick those two players together as they are constructed right now, I think give it a couple years. And that might be a pairing that is just like very reliable offensively and uh, extremely dangerous. But as of right now, I'm a little bit, I'd be a little bit cautious about that pairing too. But I think like Cylinder would be a nice fit, though. Again, I'd be curious if like uh, if Columbus is comfortable making a kid line, right? Yeah. Of like Cylinder, Johnson, and and like it would be chaotic. It would not be good defensively, but it would allow all three players to try to maximize their skill sets and to learn how to create consistently at the NHL level, which could be very yeah
0: yeah just my the question is not whether they would be comfortable making a kid line the question is whether or not they have a choice i mean with their lineup it's just at, at some point they when have, half have a Bra- karlovic
1: kids... they have, have yeah. roslevic they have i mean alex texier is back they have, they have a couple yes. pieces in there that 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 you could kind of plug in next mm-hmm. to the, the like the real young guns I yeah, like I'm the, just saying it would take like, some
0: work to like not make a kid line. Essentially, is what I'm looking at. I that's mean, fair. Yeah, <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to see. But I mean, at some point, you have to play. Like, they're probably gonna play some games together. I, I, I would imagine a Cylinder Johnson Fantilli line would be very, very fun. Uh, if if extremely chaotic and you know, if you want your coach getting bald, you play. you play those yeah. two together, for sure. I was gonna uh, say
1: like if, fun for scouts and fans, maybe not so fun for coaches, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. But that wraps things up for our second segment about Adam Fantilli, another player we're really excited to see in this year's uh in this year's campaign, this upcoming season. Now we're gonna go into our third and final segment where we introduce a brand new series that we're gonna be bringing to you on this show. Uh, before we get into it, Sebastian, talk us through our sponsor for today's episode. Snap into
1: action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet that's 200 bucks in bonus bets win or lose if you've been thinking about joining fanduel there's no better time to get in on the action the app is so easy to use there's a wide range of betting options that you can use your bonus bets on ranging from spreads to player props to over and unders and far more so visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
0: All right, moving on to our final segment of today's show. We're bringing you a brand new segment. We're going to be introducing a series that we're going to be going through. We're currently, as we move through the, the month of September and into the month of October, we've got Game on the Line. Let me talk you through this. So Game on the Line is a very simple uh, but very fun exercise where we take an, an NHL draft year. And we have to build a starting lineup for a Stan, sort of Stanley Cup winning game. We take one center, two wingers, two defensemen, and a goaltender and build a starting lineup and compare our lineups, talk about them, and kind of discuss which one we think would work out the best. The caveat about that is that we can't just take six players from the first round. We have to take a player from each. for Each player needs to be from a different round, essentially. So one player from the first round, a player from the second, a player from the third. Fourth, fifth, and sixth, you choose uh that kind of stuff. So we have seven rounds for six players. It's a very fun exercise. And we're starting off hot with the 2023 NHL draft. I know it's very early, but it's just a fun exercise that we want to talk you through and kind of break down to see how we would build our lineup based on the what, what we want our team looking like for a game on the line situation where you need to win a Stanley Cup game seven. That's your lineup in overtime. So round one, I think is fairly you, simple you want right?
1: to go for are we going round by round or are we doing that we each present our team as a whole
0: go for it we i just know our first our first round pick our first line center is the same there's, there's, so, there's go, no go surprise here
1: we both picked <laughs> Connor bedard in the first round shockingly yeah. um to, to complete my lineup um I, I struggled a lot more than hattie did I, I think it took me an extra like five or ten minutes than it took him even though it was my idea for a segment uh yep. i the entire time I was struggling to put together my lineup. And I'm very curious if any of you listeners are are watching this on YouTube and you want to like leave a comment with your own lineups, because this was a tough exercise for me. And uh, there are a lot of possibilities here that could be a lot better than what I came up with in in, under the stress of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I picked Connor Bedard at center Uh, for my two wingers. uh, I used my second round and my seventh round draft picks. And I picked a guy in the seventh round rather than the sixth, because I went with the last player picked in the draft, Tyler Petal, at, at as one of my wingers. I think that this is a, a player who has come a long way in his defensive game in the last couple of years and is a very, very lethal shooter, which I like having when the game's on the line. I want people that I can actually put the puck in the net. And on the other wing, I have a player who's going to be kind of the workhorse, uh, both defensively but also the offensive buzzsaw, the high motor player, and Gavin Brindley. So I used my second round pick on him. And for my defensive pairing, I went with Luca Cagnoni, your favorite, Patty, and Cam Allen, which is an interesting pairing because you have the smartest defender in the draft class with a defender whose decision-making is a work in progress. But I'm hoping mm-hmm. having them together will help balance out that workload where – Allen can bring in that physicality, kind of that grit defensively. He's a strong transition defender. He's very mobile. Uh, and Luca Cagnoni can kind of be that, that, that quarterback from the blue line. Uh, and those were my fourth and fifth round draft picks. And with the third round pick, I picked Jacob Fowler because I think I need a really good goalie. And uh if nothing else, this season Jacob Fowler proved that he can win big games with Youngstown uh, in their playoff run, and uh, I want him in net uh, in this draft class.
0: Makes sense for sure. It's very interesting. I mean, you got Connor Bedard um, as just the obvious choice, honestly. For sure. uh, first overall pick, the franchise player from this uh, this this last draft, a generational prospect. I've also got Luca Cagnoni in my lineup. Um, and Jacob Fowler. So we got three players that are the exact same. My wingers are fairly different though. I went with my second round pick. I picked Andrew Cristal. Um, a fairly easy Still. choice for me, mainly because him and Connor Bedard have been lights out together. They've, they're best friends. They played together for they're the longest best time. Friends. That man, combination is that's
1: fair. I can see why very,
0: very interesting. And the thing with Cristal is that you, you watch, you watch him, and you watch the fact that he dropped all the way to what 40th overall to the, to the Washington Capitals, and you're thinking, man, they they picked up some quality here because his game in isolation is fantastic. I mean, he he's a player who outskills a lot of players, outthinks a lot of players. It's just the inconsistencies in this game and the defensive lackings and the skating issues can hinder him from obviously hindered him from being a first rounder but i mean could be some of the setbacks to his game that could see him not make the nhl entirely but i think that if you get andrew cristal to develop the way that you can develop him you're looking at a player who could be a top 10 producer out of this draft and him with bedard that that comfortability between them the 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 understanding of each other's games the way that they've played off each other for the Past however many years, I mean, it's an interesting combination. And then my other winger, I also went for a player in the seventh round, but I went a bit of a different route. I hesitated on Tyler Peddle because I wanted that big, big, you know, kind of option on the wing, but I ended up opting for Aiden Fink, uh, the seventh round pick of like the him. National Predators. I love him, and I really think his his defensive game's fairly underrated. I mean, he can he can hold his own defensively. He's not the biggest guy, not the fastest skater, but his positioning so solid, and his offensive tools are really interesting. Um, And I think, you know, when the game's on the line, you can rely on the goaltender that we both have in net, Jacob Fowler, uh, to hold down the fort for the team when, you know, things get rough, offensive chances on the opposing side occur, and you need need a, a stop back in net, he's got you covered. So I think that Putting all my eggs in the offensive basket, at least for my forwards, is, is something that I wanted to do. But for my defense pairing, you went with Luca Cagnoni, and I did too. He's a very interesting player. I've always very much liked his intelligence, his offensive awareness, his decision-making. Um, he's a he's a more offensive leaning player, but he's still able to defend well because of his brain, but he's not going to lay out the the body or, or make a big hit or that kind of thing. That's why I have Matthew Mania as his, uh, as his defense partner. Matthew Mania, who was also picked in the fifth round, um, uh, you know, and, and he's got a lot of interesting qualities, but for me, the main thing that I look at in Mania's game that I'm really interested in that that would, that would combine with Cagnoni's game is that Cagnoni's a lot more laid back, and Mania is just full-on Mania. I mean, he's just he's everywhere he at the same time. a manic time. style of hockey. Exactly. He's everywhere at the same time. He's playing, you know, he's playing high-octane, high-intensity games, uh, and he's not afraid to get involved physically, but also with the puck, I can't name you a more daring player uh, among defensemen from this year's draft. He's just, he yeah. tries everything. And a lot of it works, which is very interesting. Uh, so that's a defense combination that I would be very interested in seeing. Um, you know, if, if the game's on the line and you have to win the game, you need to make sure things work out for you. That's my lineup. Um, I, I, still... I think your
1: lineup is made to end the game within the first two minutes, whether <laughs> whether it's win or lose the game yep. is going to end very quickly
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I had the same concern with my own lineup, but I think yours is like even further out there in terms of yep. chaos. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was considering Matthew Maney, I was considering Aaron Manishin at, at right D, but mm-hmm. I thought Cam Allen brings a little bit more of that, that defensive presence that I felt like I was lacking. Same mm-hmm. thing with Gavin Brindley. I think Andrew Crystal scared me a little bit too much in terms of, the context of like game seven overtime stanley cup final i yeah. don't know if i'd be like overly comfortable having crystal on the ice even as a scout let alone a coach uh but
0: yeah
1: this is a yeah this is a very fun exercise i think it like for us it's going to get easier and easier to make these lineups as we go further back in draft years absolutely so as we keep making this series and we we're working our way down in draft classes i i hope it's going to get a bit easier because uh, I think both of ours are uh, a bit chaotic. Uh, <laughs> what's what's your take on, on the kind of head-to-head clash of our two lineups that are quite similar?
0: I think not picking pedal might hurt me. Um, but like you said, this is a team that within the first two minutes, if the game's not over, it's a loss. But the, the game is... likely to end in our favor in the first two minutes. That's how I see it. I mean, the combination of Bedard and Crystal alone. I mean, you're looking at two players who again have played with each other for the longest time and have some of the highest hockey IQ I've seen in in, in any NHL draft year. And you put them together and you're good, it's 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 oil and fire. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna create flames. Um, but at the same time, I I do enjoy the fact that Aiden Fink is there as a stopback because as much as Tyler Petals game is a bit more physical and a bit more you know mature i still think that Aiden Fink at the end of the day tops out as a better defensive player which mm-hmm. for me is what i'm looking for i mean it's the same reason where he had where he had Gavin Brindley in in you know on, on that wing it's because you need someone yeah. who's able to play a more intelligent more composed more mature defensive game on you know even if that's to the detriment of the physical side i still think that that could play my favor. Um, but I very much prefer Matthew Mania to Cam Allen, just simply because you talk about, you know, the, the chaotic elements. I am very, very concerned with Cam Allen being on the ice in game seven overtime. I, I'm i shaking in my boots if I'm the coach. I mean, you're looking at this player and it's like, there have been some games where he's just pinched out of nowhere for no reason and left his team entirely in trouble. Um if that moment happens, it's a loss because of the players I have on the on the ice, right? Uh whereas Matthew true, Mania true. the one
1: instruction I would give Cam Allen is don't shoot the puck. <laughs> and That's I think I'm luck. pretty okay with that.
0: Tough That's luck. the That's one instruction i
1: give <laughs> No, it's it's what he does, it's the one thing that he struggles to do well yeah. because he just prowls and errors it to oblivion. Yeah. But I would keep Kenyoni as the offensive defenseman on that pairing. And I just tell Cam Allen, we need you to be our backbone defensively. And I trust him more to do that than like Air Manitian or Matthew Mania, for instance, Mm -hmm. which is for me was the the tiebreaker there. Uh, I think I want my lineup to make it through maybe five or seven minutes of a game seven overtime rather than just two. Uh, I was trying to extend that time a little bit.
0: No, it makes sense for sure. It would be very interesting to see those kind of builds of players face off. Um, We'll have to wait a long, long time to see anything like that, though. So it'll be very interesting in a couple of years to see how these players pan out and how our teams look uh, head to head in five, six years as we look back. Um, We'll definitely give a look back on this as the years go on and see how this kind of evolves and develops uh, as time goes on. But that wraps things up for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you like what you've been listening to, make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today. they have got all your news and updates about what's going on in the sports world. And make sure to tune in for tomorrow's episode as we continue the Game on the Line segment with uh, the 2022 NHL Draft and look at a couple more segments regarding prospects. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.